going on, everybody? Welcome into a special episode of the Dogs Football Podcast. It actually, is the 14th episode for football, but is like I said, a very special one. This is the preview show for the SEMO game that we are almost T-minus 24 hours away. Host Nick Malone drove with my co-host Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on? Like we said, we are at this moment about 15 minutes away from kickoff tomorrow. Yeah, we are back in studio. The excitement is growing each and every second of the day. We cannot wait. Like you said, the guys are probably finishing warm-ups or about to head back in the locker room for the final pep talk by Coach Hill and come running out and start this game at SEMO at tomorrow night. We will be there. If you see us, recognize us. Say hello, don't be afraid. Uh, we will be there, and we'll uh, get this show on the road. Yeah, we will actually be wearing some special gear potentially, so keep an eye out for that. We're expecting a lot of fans, as we've talked about, and as we've talked about also this entire week, how ready we are, how excited we are. We've mentioned how we cannot wait to see our guys, led by Coach Hill, out that tunnel, running out to a loud applause on the SIU side. We cannot wait. We actually bought our tickets officially yesterday. We are full speed ahead, like we said, almost T-minus 24 hours away till kickoff. Cannot wait, and we got a lot to jump into before this game tomorrow to keep you guys updated on what's going on and what to expect tomorrow. We'll mention a lot of stuff, some little stuff, in accordance to our typical podcast, what we would have for you guys. The official depth chart is out. It's been out, actually. I think it was out a day before we expected it to or so, or earlier in the day. Uh, It's actually that day, just earlier in the day. We'll compare that to ours and talk about it. There were some surprises on it. We also discuss uh, QB1, Nick Baker, had a talk with Mike on Monday. Coach Hill had an interview with the media. We'll discuss that. And then Justin Strong today had an interview with Gene Green. We'll discuss that. We'll get into SEMO, what, what to expect from them. And then we will choose our pre and po- uh, post on Friday on our uh, podcast for that day to pre- uh, to. Uh, recap the game but our pre-dog of the game predictions we will we will finish with those no let's start out with some big news though to kick off this preview show uh, a couple days ago actually it was yesterday uh todd hefferman of the southern illinois tweeted that he had sources from siu and simo that they tell they told the southern that they have passed enough COVID tests or have enough players eligible to compete thursday night at kickoff time vaccinated players don't have to test unless they're symptomatic he believes, and the game, again, is on ESPN Plus for those who can't make it. Thoughts on that? No, that's great to see, obviously. You know, the fact that everybody's ready to go and healthy, that there'll be no scratches of anything, that everybody will be at their best. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm not quite sure Nick Hill has said yet, but I assume that we've hit our 85% vaccinated rate we want to be at. So, uh, yeah, I know that – I know if you're not vaccinated, you got to be tested every day. I know in the NFL – the vaccinated players only get tested every 12 days unless they have symptoms. So that is, that is a big plus if you're, if you're vaccinated. So yeah, that's great to see on both sides. We want both teams at full strength so we can go to war tomorrow night. Yeah. And that NFL, uh, you know, how they do, it's kind of foolproof with, you know, how do you know some players are really going to like, they could feel something, but maybe they're not going to say anything. They, they might not even know it's that. So that's foolproof to an extent, but yeah, we're glad that, uh, like we said, we've been through this last year, and we're praying, obviously, that things work out in our favor. We know what to expect this year with it, so it's it's great to see, yeah, that it's it's good to go for game one for that battle that you mentioned, the battle, War of the Wheel. So there's that, some big news. Uh, let's get into Noah. Let's get some little stuff before we get into the big stuff. Uh, 
as we know, there are a couple uh, NFL Salukis out there, some that obviously made their teams and some that lost their teams. One of notable, I think we kick off with uh, Michael Pruitt, the upcoming uh, Hall of Fame inductee. He got let go by the Niners, Noah, but your Tennessee Titans swooped in and picked him right back up. Yeah, they are. They uh, claimed him off waivers. He's going to be on the practice squad, but more than likely he'll be up on the main roster sooner than later. Then we know uh, Craig James, cornerback, DB for the Eagles, got cut yesterday, but they uh, he went through waivers. No, Nobody picked him up, but he is on the Eagles practices, practice squad. Then we have Ryan Neal, who did not get cut yesterday. So is he still a Seahawk? Yes, and he's he, he plays a lot for them, I believe, over the last couple of years. So Then we have, obviously, Jeremy Chen's not going to get he's cut. He's not going anywhere. So. And then uh, Madre Harper, I got the chance to watch him the other night. It was on NBC, uh, Sunday Night Football, and he on, he didn't look that great. He had a lot of uh, instances where he was – he almost looks I, – I mentioned this. He's, he's too big out there. I don't know if he was scared to hit people or he was – Honestly, he was getting burned. We know the words that he said about SAU in the past, so uh, it's unfortunate for him, obviously, because he got cut. I'm not sure if he made their practice squad again. I haven't seen that, but we did right. see he got cut. Like I said, off that game, that poor game he had in the preseason. And, yeah, Michael was expected, apparently, that obviously when you cut guys, you want to bring them back for the most part, and they did not get the chance. Your tight swooped up, so that's a pretty big one. And because we, we talked about uh, when he was on the field, he was going to stay on the Niners, that they had that bye week, week 13, that they were going to come back. And uh, he was actually going to make his thing. But the Titans also have that bye off week, right? That is correct. So actually, week 13. So it works out actually still in his favor. And he goes back to a place that he was successful with and knows quite well. So good luck to him. So, yeah, good luck to all those guys. Hopefully some of those guys like Madre make a team still. Uh, we wanted to cover that. And then uh, Noah Bryce Notry, a player obviously that we'll get to. We'll just talk about here down the road for our depth chart. He got a pretty big honor a couple days ago. He he was listed on the big board for the 2022 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl. So that's a big deal. Obviously, like we said, like I said, we're expecting big things from him this year. We expect that he'll come through. This is a pretty big deal. That means the teams that have been showing up to watch us and watch the team have been keeping an eye out for Bryce. Yeah, that's a big time. Uh, it's not on the. Collegiate Bowl is not on the same level as like the East-West Shrine Bowl or the Reese's Senior Bowl they have down in Alabama, but that's still good enough. That's where guys go to get seen from the next level at the end of their season, so that's even that's good for him that we know he's going to show out and he'll be able to go there and look show what he can do at the next level. Exactly, and uh, like I said, we're expecting a huge year from him. He'll make up for that because the NFL, if you can play in any – because we've heard so many stories about how people have reached the NFL and what their road has been that he could have one too. He's got to show up this year, though, as, as we said, we expect him to. And that uh, we mentioned how NFL, NFLPA and the teams that are visiting, the Dolphins – I'm not sure if we covered the Bears the last time, but the Dolphins and the Jaguars recently have made it there right before the season starts. We know those guys also had – not only their own season to play for, but for maybe down the road for themselves individually to play for as well. So shout out to them for being there. Um, Noah, also, uh, whatever account tweeted about Bryson Strong had an individual account about him. The NCAF Nation just had a linebacker spotlight on Bryson Strong. We know he'll be out for a while, but they had a little tweet about him. So whenever he comes back, there'll be eyes on him still. Absolutely. He is... uh... 
He's our lean tackler from last year. We're going to miss him, but we have guys that's going to step up. But, yeah, that count's been tweeting a lot of spotlights for different teams across the nation. So it's good to see. Yeah, pretty big deal, yeah. And I remember there was a video the linebackers will play here in a little bit that they said that when Bryson gets back, I mean, that's that's a player that offensive uh, offenses uh, prepare for on our side because they got, they got to know where Bryson Strong is at all times. So kudos to him for the shout-out on there. Then know a couple more things. Uh, Jack Calhoun was uh, on. He's on the watch list for the FCS Punter of the Year. Uh, this isn't this isn't a surprise at all, is it? No, it's not. We know he's a very reliable punter. If we need to pin him deep or switch uh, switch fields, uh, so uh, flip the fields for us. So, but but hopefully we don't have to use him too much this year. Yeah, he's had tons of success. So, yeah, it's not surprising seeing him on here. And you're right. We understand he will be the holder uh, for kicks this year. So, he's a, he's got just a lot on his plate in turn because we expect to be kicking a lot, uh, being a lot of positions to kick field goals, whether that's PATs or uh, field goals for Galdoni. So, he'll be holding a lot. Yeah, holding a lot more than he'll be punting. So, good job, Jack. Looking forward to watching you this year. And now, Noah, quickly to get through some of this little stuff before the big stuff, let's get a recruit update on either some other guys we're in on or some guys that are playing and what their updates are through their high school season so far. Yeah, there's not much update. I know we are sending out uh, good luck this season to a couple recruits like Pierce Pierce Humpich, uh, Nathan Rubel. We invited to uh, the Illinois State game, so we're sending some invites out to some guys. So that's cool to see. But uh, our commit-wise, we have a uh, start with uh, – Ryan Shanley down in Georgia. Uh, his team, Cherokee High School down in Canton, Georgia, has moved to 2-0 and down there. So they started a week earlier than the teams up here. So that's good to see that he has now moved to 2-0 and with his team. So we wish him the best of luck for the rest of the year. Um, our boys, our two boys up in Lutheran North, had a rough start to the season as they played. I think the – one of the better teams in their area, St. Mary's, beat them 44 to seven last. Yikes. I I turned it I turned it on I turned it on to check the score and, and then turned it off again. Yes, I did uh, not stay to watch very much. I did not then. Shamanad, uh, uh, our boy Jimmy Lansing up there. Shamanad got off to a good start by beating Jefferson City 34 20. Shout out to Jefferson City. Yeah, I seen a couple of highlights of Jimmy Lansing just bulldozing some kids, so it's good to see. Great to see. And, yeah, we mentioned Ryan Shanley. We know how active he's been on Twitter with what we have going on here. He's excited to get in here next year. He just posted a picture of Combs' catch against Weber State because they said good luck versus Sequoia in his game. So and he, and he tagged Trevor Olson, Todd Olson in our tweet. So keep, keep going with that, Ryan. Keep being involved as much as you can. We love it. We love to see it. So a little stuff on that, actually – Something else real quick that we – that was kind of sneak peek the other day. I think it was yesterday. But now today, Noah, they tweeted, Saluki Equipment has some new helmets for us this year. And we, we both say we, we like this new style, right? Yeah. Uh, we During our last scrimmage, I seen photos and I asked, are we getting different helmets? Because I noticed one side didn't have the logo on there and they've now put numbers on there. So we both talked about it. We really like these. Uh, numbers are a little big, but – It'll help our older announcers out, Mike Reeson up in the booth, uh, see some numbers on the field. Yeah. 
at first when you glance at it, it looks like the numbers are too baby effort for that reason for people on the sideline yeah that definitely helps so yeah numbers on one side dog logo on the other side with the stripe down the middle I actually like it i can't wait to see it we know we'll have those white jerseys on the ones that we wish we would uh, get new down the road but cannot wait to see those helmets run out of that tunnel so there's there's all for the little stuff to keep you guys updated on per the usual now no let's get into the big stuff as we mentioned uh, the depth chart came out a couple years ago or a couple days ago. We saw it on the uh, SIU app, and it's also on SIUSalukis.com. And uh, some surprises, but honestly, Noah, if we were to tic-tac it for starters-wise, we were about 95% right. Yeah, uh, we were pretty spot-on in some spots or some different areas. Uh, what stick out to me was uh, Justin Strong in the nod, which we t- I talked about when I when I put out mine. I had Donovan Spencer, who's not even on here, listed. They have the three our three guys back from last year. Justin Strong gets the nod, so that's big right there. Um, yeah, because we mentioned with that, because we obviously know that the talk that's been around Justin uh, about his talent. So that's not surprising. You said Donovan, yeah, he's not on here, but that that's nothing to worry about. It's just the three guys that have been in the system so far know what to expect to an extent. We talked about Javon, and probably maybe, I know in mine, he was uh, picked first just because obviously we have, we have our quarterback, even though we lose one, and so on and so forth, that he would be stuck at running back. But as we know, that potentially he'll be relied upon to play quarterback a lot, which, like he said, he didn't like to do. So uh, I'd say with Justin's talent, we're not, we're not surprised to see that at all. We're actually glad because – what was that? Uh, we'll get to a stat here that he mentioned in his interview about uh, uh, what he led the team in offensively in some categories. So that's, that's, that is great to see. Um, let's get into some. Okay, so the offensive line, as we said, still intact. Let's get into some of these backups. No, a couple of these backups were uh, spread throughout. A little surprising, but not really actually. Yeah, they're pretty. We had them pretty much spot on. Sam Newman, a JUCO guy is uh, going to back up Bo Brannion at left tackle. A uh, local guy out of West Frankfurt, Jackson Sales, is going to back up Big Z. Uh, Jimmy Wormsley, like we said, could was the veteran. Yeah, the veteran might be the guy that's going to slide in there for center, but he's going to back up Calvin. Derek Harden Jr., the, the second-year freshman, is going to back up Chase Evans. Then Jake Green, another second-year freshman, going to back up Lucas Davis. Yeah, 6'4", 315. Yeah, redshirt freshman Jake Green, so – um, that's great to see. Yeah, not too far on that. We know that some other players might, uh, you know, like we mentioned with the hockey sub, that's pro- that might happen with offensive line, depending on what's hurt, but some of these backups will slide in. Not too much after those because we talked about these other positions that's a little deeper than just the two. The offensive line seems like it'll stay probably the two for the most part, barring injury. Uh, no uh, receiver. We know Lane and Levante are at the top. That third one, we had a feel maybe Jerome because of his skill set. You have – Avante, the quick speed, Landon in the middle of everything, and then Jerron, his size. But Isaiah Hartrip, the redshirt freshman, made it on here. Yeah, he is going to start in the slot. He's going to be a big play guy for us. Uh, Nick Baker said in his interview that we're just going to draw up plays for him and get him the ball. Yeah, it's great to see. We we know he'll be great on special teams, and he was slotted in to be the kicker turner again. But, yeah, unbelievable speed. We, we kinda, we've seen his talent, especially last season, what he could do. And, yeah, all these guys have been raving about him big time. So, and even Avante in that wide receivers video the other day talked about how, yeah, put him in the slot, and they were right. Back in up, Landon, though, Zach Gibson, we know he's made the change from tight end to receiver full-time, 6'4", 200 pounds. 
He's backing up Landon. This is like the XYZ stuff. Jerron backing up Abante. On that side, and then here we go, Noah, because we didn't see much of him until we know we got hit pretty hard in one of those practices. But Avante's brother, Dante, makes it to back up Isaiah in the slot. Yeah, that's a, that's a big one. Uh, we know we have some uh, true freshmen that could play, see some playing time, but good to see Dante out there uh, backing up Isaiah. Yeah, and even like Hunter Milligan, we know he got that scholarship, but he's not on here. Granted, we didn't really expect him to on too deep, even though this is six guys. Who else is uh, – is there another veteran? I guess it's just the guys they mentioned, like the Jason Jones. Yeah, he's not on here. But that that can obviously get deeper as well. Move down to tight end. Noah Cole Stewart gets the nod of starters. We predicted Tice backing him up, as we know. Um, Jacob Garrett is out probably this whole season, so we'll be relying on these two. And uh, just these are the two, but who are, let's name one that could back up, be the third guy on this list that we've talked about. Yeah, there's a couple other guys. You have the switch from quarterback, Jalen DeVries. Yeah. He's the other – he's one. Uh, there's a couple others. John Vollmer deal, dealt with some injuries his freshman years. So that probably a guy that's right behind those two. Um, you had uh, – what's his name coming coming from Wisconsin? Uh, oh, ten, oh uh, John uh, – they called him Ragnar, the redhead. Yeah, he's talked about him. Yeah, they, they said good things about him, so he could be right there. But those guys are right behind those guys. So Yeah, we know the skill sets of Cole and what Jacob brought. And Cole and Ty's about the same size, 6'4", around 250. Pass catchers, but we know we have a lot of those. So if they just go out there to block and then just do their job, like we know Pat Poor said how important the tight end position is. So. Maybe Tyus will be in there to catch Cole as well. Who knows? We're about to see some crazy stuff. We'll get into what Nick said, and there's going to be some crazy plays drawn up this year. So that's offense. Like we said, we're almost 100% right. You know, Donovan didn't make the three deep for running back, but for the most part, we were almost 100% right on offense. Defense, I'd say we were almost 100% on starter-wise. No, the only surprise on here is Ja'Cory Patterson finding his way as the Sam linebacker and Branson Combs backing him up. Um... Uh, Everything else seems like the same. Your boy, uh, Belazare, as we know, he, he was taking uh, first-team reps. He found his way there next to Glacian. And then, obviously, our boys not and burn on the outside. Yeah, uh, not too many surprises. Uh was really, really surprised to see Jakari. Hadn't heard much on him. Knew he was a safety, but he's going to start at the strong side linebacker where Mike Calcahoun has been great for us the last couple of years. So that's interesting to see. We know my Mike Macal Calhoun's going to back up Colby Coleman at that weak side linebacker. So, yeah, the defensive line, we were I was spot on on the starters. Uh, Richie Haggerty's going to back up Jordan Burner. Keegan Agnew, who was a starter last year, is going to back up Glacian. Cam Bowdry, the UT, UT Martin transfer, backing up Gianni Belazare, which was really uh, – Thought it was interesting there, not seeing either D. Foxworth or Jawan Blankenship or two big guys in the middle. So uh, getting back to what the defense line coach said, uh, that he they had a guy that reminded him of the guy, you guys can figure it out. You think it might be Gianni Belazare now? Potentially for Malik Haynes. Yes. He was talking about. Or you know, Cam Baldry. It was both yeah, bigger like guys. Around the size of yeah. what he was. Yeah, I agree with that. I was thinking that I thought he was talking about I think he was talking about Foxworth. I could be wrong on that. I'm pretty sure because that's what we talked about. He was when he was talking about D's, uh, he reminds me of somebody. It could have been that one of the other guys. I thought it was Foxworth. So did I. 
So yeah, that's that is interesting. Yeah, we expect he's not even on two deep. That's very interesting. We expected him because we know he's a six year guy that obviously you have to earn it still. But him coming in from Buffalo expecting to play, I mean he'll still find his way on the field. Absolutely. But uh yeah, that'd been helpful for some uh some more size. We know Jawan has to be dealing with his injury still and he'll find his way. He's been tweeting though. No. He's been tweeting hourglass emojis like he's close or just it's close, obviously the games. Uh, we haven't heard anything on him. Nick hasn't said anything about him. So I, I'm, I think hopefully we'll be seeing him sometime this season. I'm assuming we will. Might see him tomorrow night. Exactly. You never know. We're, we're expecting surprise, surprise, blah, 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 surprises tomorrow in that sense. Yeah, we'll be keeping an eye out for anything possible. It's good to see Keenan in there. You know, I'm sure he doesn't want, especially, well, he's only what, a junior, fifth year junior. So he's got. Um, but him backing up, we knew Galatian was going to start. He was too good for where he was at, and he earned it while he was here. Some uh, big boys up front, and yeah, Nate Thurman, that's interesting. And then, yeah, Cam Browder's a big body in there as well. So that hockey subs will be seeing a lot of, cause like I said, they didn't, they didn't want to keep seeing the 80% starters in there. They wanted to keep it fresh. That's why we'll see the Thailand drivers, the Dante Cleveland's probably in this game as well, along with D, so it'll be interesting to see. Very interesting. Did not see Raekwon Lindsay in, eight, in the 2D. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. We know how important he's been in his career, and I'm sure we'll be seeing him as well. Another, a little bit surprised. They wanted the spaces out a little bit. We were surprised to see Mikel not starting because obviously Bryson was out, that Colby was popping in for him. We assumed Mikel was going to start. He's backing up Colby, as we said. Tim John's backing up Bryce at the middle linebacker. Branson Combs making the, the kid the, from receiver, and he's already going to be the backup same linebacker. That's kind of a surprise. But other than that, he must have been showing something already. Like I said, these guys are multidimensional. They're, they're just athletes. They can do whatever. If they told Branson to go tackle this guy, I think he can make it happen. So. Yeah, I'm sure he played maybe linebacker in high school at 6'3", 210. So yeah. I'd say he did. But uh, going to the DBs uh, – James Caesar, Clayton Bush, Quay Brown, and PJ Jules. Hundred percent. We were correct. Uh, backing up is uh, backing up James Caesar at that left cornerback spot is David Miller, a Navy transfer. So he's a redshirt freshman. Joe Patterson, the senior, getting the backup. Clayton Bush. This is a good one. Good to see our young guys. Jeffrey Wells, freshman. True freshman. True freshman coming in to back up Quay Brown. Then Chance Bush, a solid role player we've had for a couple of years. Backing up P.J. Jules. Yeah, because we mentioned we didn't know how many true freshmen would start. That is interesting. He has earned that every bit of the way. It's interesting we did not see Dorian Davis on here. We have a, He might play. He might not. We don't know how he came along. We just know he's from Western Carolina like Donovan. Uh, the backups, I guess, were not surprising because we honestly were thinking ourselves outside of Dorian maybe. Maybe a Roger Campbell that's not on here that we expected. Easton yeah. Wolf had a really good camp. Yeah, was surprised we didn't see him on there. Um, maybe a little bit surprised, not really surprised, but Levi McAfee, our three-star corner, maybe not being a backup role, but he was making plays. Yeah, he'll be uh, we'll be counted on at some point in the season. Oh, he'll be that and down the road, I think he'll be a star. special special teams guys for sure. Yeah, exactly. That's we'll be watching out tomorrow night for that too. Yeah, we were going to mention special teams and how important it is. We want to see who was going to be on it and how important because we know they're bringing in a brand new uh, special teams coordinator. Uh, name escapes me off the top of my head. One of those new guys that hopefully things have changed because we know how special teams is arguably, obviously, one of the most important things in a football game. So, like, yeah, we'll be keeping a big old eye on that, I'm, who's on it, and how good it is. I'm interested to see, like we had a couple of years ago, we had a guy slipping my name 
He was one of the backup tight ends. Had to retire because he had so many concussions. But on kickoffs, he would just blow people yeah, up. Yeah, remember 88? Yeah, 88. Like, his name slipped in my mind. He had to retire because like, he had so many concussions. He would just blow people up on kickoffs. Yeah, that, that was great. We, we tried to uh, zone him out every time he was out there to see what he would do that day. Yeah, it's interesting because if we say freshman maybe being on special teams, I mean, that would – COVID aside, would that take away any of their uh, potential – uh, like obviously them redshirting if they got in every game to be a special team or that would take a redshirt away. Let's say they wouldn't play because honestly, if they didn't play, we wouldn't be too upset about it. Yeah, yeah. There's the redshirt rule is like uh, four games. Four you games. get four games. So, so yeah, they could probably space them out in those and get them in some of those games. Space them yeah. out. I'm sure they have that figured out to an extent. Absolutely. But yeah, a lot of these guys that are backing up these, we know how important they'll, they'll be to back up the starters. But a lot of these guys could obviously be on. But we mentioned the Rodericks. The Dorians, yeah, we can expect those guys to be plenty of depth on special teams. So yeah, so that's uh, covered. Actually, we let's get the special teams. The two DB, yeah, we know Nico's there. Jake Bumgard, Noah from uh, Heron, is backing up Nico. Yeah, a solid kicker. He'll be made, He'll be our. He's a second year freshman. Second year, okay. They didn't yeah, have it on here. Uh, he'll be a. Uh, he'll be the kicker of the future. I'm sure he has got a good leg. He played soccer in high school, so uh, huge leg. Yeah, so he'll be there for the future. Field goals and kickoffs, those are the two. So we know Jack is our punter. Nico's our backup punter. He can do it all. This one right here on special teams got me. Dan Hilbrin, our all-conference preseason long snapper, got beat out by a Juco redshirt freshman, Ross Pedro. Yeah, Ross, we haven't been too familiar with, but yeah, we were surprised because Dan was picked to be what? He was second second team all yeah. something. So that, that is interesting. There. Maybe he's – I don't think – if he had a nagging injury, he, I guess he would still make it on here because there's not many on the team overall. Maybe that's a reason. But, we yeah, we're surprised to see that he's not starting. Jack is the holder, as we mentioned earlier. Nick Baker, our QB1, is the backup holder. Not sure how to think about that. I'm sure they could find somebody. Yeah, I mean, his backup, we expect Jack to – Yeah, I mentioned that when we were going over ours that Nick held last year. So I was wondering yeah. who would held, hold this year. So and I mentioned before – Alabama, Mac Jones, he was as great as he was last year, but he still held kicks because that's what he did. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just think about it. If Jack goes down and Nico's got to end up doing it all in a game, you could have – now, Nico's too good on field goals to have Jake fill in for that. Nico, obviously, be a full-time punter. He would have a big – we know punters can get hurt, obviously. So, if that were to happen and Nick were to be the holder, that Nico would have to do it all. It would be a lot on his shoulders, but we know how good he is. He can get it Yeah, the last few years, I believe we've had two punters on the roster. Yeah. If I remember correctly. But uh, moving on, we have our reliable, all-reliable reliable punt returner, Javon Williams. We know what he can do. We know he'll catch the ball. Uh, backing him up would be Avante Cox. Kick returner, we have our speed demon, Isaiah Hartrip, and Avante, who would rather not see out there. But if he wants to do it, I guess he can do it. Yeah, we said that before because, as we know, flashback to Arkansas State when DJ Davis got carted off the field when he was – out there on kickoffs, obviously one of our most important players on the team. Yeah, we would like to see Avante not on here. They could, like, because we said Donovan. Donovan's done it before. We know they talked about him doing it, and he's not on here at all for any of this. It's really interesting. Like we said, obviously we'll probably see him tomorrow. But like we said, the running backs, we might not see all four in a game. Like we talk about them, like some might not play. Barring injury, not all four are going to play. I mean, that seems it can happen, but it seems almost unheard of for that. So. I'm sure they have special plays for each one. Right. So, And then, uh, yeah, we mentioned, obviously, Javon. He's pretty reliable. Knock on wood, never – I'm not going to say it. He's pretty reliable. He catches the ball, never makes mistakes to an extent. 
but yeah, I mean, other than that, I don't think he he probably fair catch a lot. That's really why he's out there to fair catch for the most part. So hopefully he doesn't get hurt. If he does get hit on those, by God, it's a flag. Move us up the field. Uh, so yeah. So overall, yeah, we're about we're about eighty five percent correct on this starter wise, almost ninety percent. Some surprises, but we know as we've said, we'll see a lot of these players. Uh, we'll see a lot of players in this game. So moving on now, Noah. There's the depth chart, which we've been awaiting to talk about, and hopefully everybody enjoyed that. Let's get into the interviews. We'll just discuss them. Nick Baker talked with Mike Reese the other day or yesterday. And quick recap, think about everything that he said. He did talk about um, how much he did earn this, and Nick definitely thought he earned the right to be the quarterback. Uh, He talked about how all these guys are behind him. They're rooting for him to be good, as they know he was good whenever he was out there before his injury. So they have his trust. They all have each other's trust. He's got everyone else's trust as well. So he's got the team behind him and just his confidence. You know, he knows because he mentioned uh, all the different kinds of players that will be used. He mentioned Isaiah, how important it will be. He also mentioned, because uh, we all obviously know Nick loves calling plays for Nick. So we'll be seeing a lot of, uh, I say crazy, lack of a better term, like out-of-the-box kind of plays that we've seen before with Nick. Uh, which we're excited to see that, to keep Simo and all these other teams off guard to an extent. And he did mention Stone because, like I said, we, we discussed with Stone how it might have been more than just losing the job, the way he posted his uh, picture on what you know his words were. And Todd and even Mike are talking like, I think cause obviously they're pretty insightful that they would know exactly the reasoning to an extent that, but they've just been saying all along that just because he didn't get the job is why he left. And Nick reiterated saying how close they were. They were roommates. He said that Stone just a year older than me, but we were, we were pretty close. And he said that he does have a job lined up and he's got a girlfriend. I'm assuming it's pretty serious. So he said good luck to him. It was a pleasure uh, being his teammate. So I'm pretty sure that clears up mostly everything with Stone. I mean, like I said, there, there's probably a lot of stuff that they probably keep to themselves, but. No, that's good that Nick seems confident he's got the whole team behind him. Yeah, we're definitely. I knew knowing the leadership and the seniors on this team, no matter who we, who got the job, they they put their support behind this guy. So we have to go out there and win a national championship is their main goal. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, Nick Nick uh, understood why Stone did what he did. He understands that. they were they He knows the most probably out of anybody. So, yeah. Uh, He's got a job lined up, which, which was still kind of surprising. But we heard that on Saturday on Sports Force. We listen on Saturdays, 103.5 Sports Force, from uh, Mike Murphy and Scott Hudson. One of the players from Heron's parent called in and said that, and we were like, okay, that makes kind of more sense, but still didn't really get it at that point, but that's all right. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad you mentioned that because we did hear that on Saturday. We were going to bring that up because that's where we heard the rumblings before that, and Nick confirmed that to Mike. So, um, yeah, overall, like we said, I mean, it's, it's just interesting Stone leaving, that fact that he could just leave the team, let alone a week before. I don't know if they had – because I know we went to the Fan Fest, but that was before it was announced, but obviously they knew at that time that, you know, Nick was out there at the Fan Fest kind of – I'm not saying, like, the whole thing was so much dragging him down to an extent, but he was out there. Obviously, he had to show up anyway, but he looked – like nothing was bothering him. So I don't think this decision overall is hurting everybody. I'm sure Stone took took into account the players, the other quarterbacks 
that could see time. And we also, this is, we, we haven't mentioned this yet. It's big news that Michael Lindauer is hurt and he's out for the year. He has a shoulder injury and is out for the year most likely. So We forgot to mention that. It's pretty big because we know pro-style QB, big, a lot of semi-hype, I would say, that, uh, yeah, him being out for the year, he was going to see, he's probably going to be the backup if he was healthy. We know Stone Norton is the backup. and He'll do just fine when called upon. But, yeah, that makes us not as deep as we know. We had to be three deep last year, so – a true freshman will be counted on behind our top two guys, so it'll be interesting. Uh, let's hope we all stay healthy. So, yeah, good interview with Nick, with Mike, just an, uh, an insight on QB1 and his uh, confidence in himself and what the team has in him. Looking forward to uh, seeing him play tomorrow night. And then Coach Hill on Monday, Noah met with the media, and there was a couple people with, obviously locally asking him questions, and he answered, you know, the cliche answers about, um, you know, the quick, you know, the quick turnaround, which we've heard on and on about with a, a short off season to this point. And he's, and he's reiterated before that uh, he's not worried about this, like these early games, SEMO game. He's worried about, if anything, down the road and how these guys will feel because these guys are ready for the, for the start of the game. If anything, he'd be ready for down the road or nervous for down the road, how these, how they would be, but he's confident that they'll all be healthy and ready to go. Uh, what else? He he answered because it was Todd that asked him that we'll we'll save some SEMO stuff for that. But they talked about pretty much just you know talked about SEMO. Those and questions that weren't really you know related to the future of what's going on to an extent. Um, yeah, Todd was the only one really to ask SEMO related questions. Yeah, that I know. Uh, what's her name from News Three was the one who asked about the short turnaround. Yeah. But then after that, yeah, it was pretty much just questions about random stuff. We know Gene Green asked a question. I don't remember what his was about. Uh, and then him and another guy just asked about, you know, comparing the future and the past and what to expect at this point. And college football was weird. But, yeah, we'll save that stuff. I mean, just Todd, you know, just did the usual. We'll get into that you know, a little bit. So uh, some stuff, but, you know, we were expecting maybe Coach Hill to uh, talk about Stone. I don't think, I guess, to them, for everybody – Either they're hiding it or it's just legit not that big a deal. So we were surprised that nobody asked about that. Um, so overall, just the usual – well, obviously his after-game post about what the game happened and every Monday he'll have better stuff to say moving forward. So not a whole lot to take away from that. As you said, we'll mention some stuff here shortly. And then Noah Justin Strong, as we mentioned, his interview with Gene Green happened today. He talked about uh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, I had an interview with Gene Green. Uh, Gene was just asking how his he how his role is going to change with he's he named the starter on the two deep this year, and he was just he was really chill about it. He was just answering questions. Said they talked about how they're going to just open up the playbook this year and do some things different. And yeah, he's ready for the season. Uh, he they mentioned uh, Gene asked if him and his brother Bryson are. Uh, hard on each other and they said yeah we're both on top of each other's heads all the time we're pushing each other to be better every day yeah and that's interesting him one being a running back former defensive back but running back and one being a middle linebacker i'm sure they do go at it it's, it's funny because uh going at it in terms of arguably bryson's position is most support on defense and justin being a running back it's pretty it's pretty funny that they would go at each other like that as we expect being brothers and yeah justin as we talked about, he's going to – people saying he's going to have a breakout year, and we're looking forward to RB1, I guess we could say, even though we know Javon is a player that a lot of teams, you know, are on their uh, whiteboard circled because we know what – we'll talk about the Wildcats and stuff we'll see from Javon tomorrow night. I think 
we'll get shortly to the game, but going in, like I said, I mean, our offense is pretty dang high-powered. I expect a lot of points. As you mentioned with SEMO and our games, usually it's either high-scoring or low-scoring and pretty close for the most part. It was last October, as we know. We think we're better offensively for the most part. I'm expecting fireworks on offense. So now I know that's all that stuff leading up. Now let's talk about SEMO a little bit. Uh, what are they, they – actually, it was something I'm glad we mentioned Todd because he mentioned – he asked Nick in that interview about the fact that they were going to run two quarterbacks. That's pretty interesting. I believe that – I don't know if that was in the interview, but I think uh, Coach Hauk down there – not Coach Hauk, but down That's there – That's Hauk Stadium. Yeah. Uh, down there, their coach said yesterday on his radio show that they're uh, – maybe see – we may see two quarterbacks down there – we know uh, Hutchinson Community College transfer who won a national title at the JUCO level last year. Uh, CJ Ogbana, he was named their starter. He is going to look at his first career start under center last year at uh, Hutchinson Community College. He threw eighty. He completed eighty percent of his passes in five games, threw for seven hundred thirty-six yards and eight touchdowns of fifty-seven to ninety-two attempts. So at that level, he was in a tight quarterback race with Louisville transfer Christian Perez. So as we know, you see that SEMO this last couple of years have had some FBS transfers. We know uh, Bunch was the Nebraska transfer last year we faced. So they've had, uh, I believe this is there's like seventh, seventh Duco transfer that's going to start a quarterback for them. Wow, interesting. So yeah, we know the team will have to prepare for a couple guys at quarterback. You don't see that very often. Uh, I know there's been talk before. I've seen recently, I don't remember if it was a pro or college level, about teams preparing for a couple quarterbacks themselves. So it's interesting to see SEMO, of course, the team we're playing the first game, do it. They might have some trickery in a sense. They might have stuff that we've never seen before. Who knows? We know that they're on top of it and knowing what they're going to do. And let's get into their backfield. SEMO has always been a decent running team, right? Yeah, uh, they've been a really good running team. As of late, we know that their backfield – is loaded. They have a well, they don't have a four-headed dragon like we do, but uh, their backfield is loaded. Uh, if I can think of their names real quick, looks like Zion Custis is one of them. He was Simo's second leading rusher with 800, 184 yards and four touchdowns on 50 carries last season. Uh, that's one of them. Find their depth chart here. Yeah, their main guy is um. I don't want to blank. And Gino Hess is their main guy. He yeah. is he is their lead back. Him and Cussis basically split time sometimes. But Gino's a guy that, yeah, they are high-powered. I know that Gino was named to the preseason first team all-conference in the OVC. I know they had Zach Smith, wide receiver, who was named to that team, along with uh, two offensive linemen, Jaden Rosenthal and Chiron Rogers. As we know, they've had some big linemen in the last couple of years. And on the defensive side, Bryson Donnell, defensive tackle, and Omadric Douglas, who wears number zero, so he wears number zero, so he knows he's out there. So that's uh, and they had their kicker Zach Haynes named to the first team All OVC. As we know, they were picked the tied second in the OVC, tied with Austin P behind Murray State in that league. Yeah. You said defensively, yeah, and offensively, yeah. A couple receivers, all first team, all OVC. Yeah, they got. We obviously know. I'm pretty sure, right? They're a, uh, they're a receiver on the Patriots. He made the team. I'm assuming. 
because he yes. was pretty good preseason. So they produce talent at that position. Yeah, d- big bodies on the defensive line, on the offensive line. They've had NFL teams visit them as well, as expected recently. They have a big old strong safety. Yeah, recorded 55 tackles, 36 solos, and ranked ninth in the OBC with just under seven tackles per game. Got to keep an eye out for because they did the for the war for the wheel. They did a countdown of the players' numbers towards game day, and he's number seven, Lawrence Johnson. Uh, yeah, you mentioned you mentioned that other running back already. Yeah, Gino, Gino Hess, all of, all yeah. aboard the he's Hess. Huge. Yeah. All aboard the Hess train. The Hess Express. As they uh they bring back their uh, top three receiver receivers from last year, so that's a big one as well. As we mentioned, uh, they talked about on the pod or on the interview with Nick Hill that I think Todd asked them about it, about their three four defense. It's not a normal three four like we usually see with South Dakota or North Dakota. They play with three big body linemen and they play with four backers, so. They uh, they honestly won't let you run up the middle. They are they, they are stout. To, they want you to run outside the, their linebackers to run you down sideline to sideline. I mean, they're that front seven is pretty tough, and they'll know that they'll be facing one of the best running teams in the country. That's that's probably the thing to watch is their front seven against our running game, arguably. Um, as we know, Coach Tuke will be taking over the as defensive coordinator as well as their uh, departure of their DC after last year. So he's got some so. They got some guys on that defense, like Omadric Douglas is a guy to watch, and the other guy, uh, Bryson O'Donnell, the defensive tackle, or two guys to watch tomorrow night. Yeah, and inside backer Brandon Mincy, throwing the team with 42 tackles and second with four tackles for loss in 2020. He was the Red Hawks' top linebacker, had one second, three quarterback hurries as well. So he's a stud as well. Studs, I guess, but these guys are these guys are pretty big. Like I said, it's going to be tough to run the ball. We're expecting, even on like uh, – short yardages whenever we expect hopefully uh javon to take over for that he's a big body as we know to run into these other big bodies it's interesting we know obviously not obviously they're having a blackout so they'll be wearing all black jerseys this is the 89th meeting between us two um what are some other insightful stats like whatever the record is yeah it's it's the 43rd game played between the two teams in cape Girardeau. it's a 32nd game at hauk field uh, SIU beat Southeast 12-6 in the first ever game back at Hawk Field, October 3rd, 1930. SIU was 38-42-8 lifetime against SEMO. Six of the eight tied games were scoreless, 0-0, zero zero, which is way, probably way back in the day. As we know, SEMO's won two of the last three meetings against us. The last time they won down in Cape, 44-26 back in 2019. So, But they've split the last six meetings last year, as we know. Nico Gadoni hit a 27-yarder as time expired to beat it once after Kendrick Tiller tied the game at 17 with a 32-yarder. Javon last year rushed for 135 yards and a touchdown to lead us. So uh, we're going to battle for the wheel. Inter- interesting tidbits. SIU is 3-2 all-time in, all t- or three and two in its five seasons under Nick Hill. In the season opener, Hill was one and two in road season openers and one and one versus SEMO on opening night. Interesting. As we know, longtime rivals, you gotta love it. We talked about how close the games usually are, even uh, dating back seventy or more years ago. It's it's crazy. They should know what we're about. What we um, 
accomplished last year, even though I know Nick and his uh, would me- interview with the media that he pretty much – he didn't really downplay it because you have to, like, respect what you did and how far you got, how close you got to getting to the semifinals – and then moving forward, I don't think he gave the team enough credit. You know, he's always the cliche of, um, you know, what you did. Like, we didn't do anything because we didn't win at all kind of deal. Like, you understand that mindset, but you have to acknowledge what you did. I mean, not making the playoffs. I mean, obviously, they've been bad for a long time. They kicked out of that the last two years, definitely last year, by accomplishing what they did. So, I didn't really – the fact that he kind of, like, downplayed what we did to an extent. But that just shows – He's hungry, and all these guys are hungry. We mentioned or in the last couple of days that this it seems like the ingredients that we have that this could be a title or bust season um, legit. I mean, we know we can beat teams in our conference, and we haven't had the chance to play as James Madison, Sam Houston's of the world, but we have a feeling that we could put up a fight. Obviously, there's going to be downtimes this year. We just know that this SEMO game – we talked about one game at a time, how important it is, because it's like how we were last year. Like, the North Dakota game was so big because we played North Dakota State, the second game. We know we killed them, so it didn't matter. But how we know we have Kansas State looming, that the SEMO game is the utmost of importance because we do not want to go down 0-2. We understand, obviously, if you lose to a Big 12 school, you want to keep it close. But if we get killed and then lose to SEMO by, like, 10 points, let's say, it's not a good start. We know the expanded playoff, you still have a chance, but it's going to be tough. Starting 0-2 is not what you want to do, especially being the seventh-ranked team in the country. You want to show why you're that. Um, Noah, we also have known, you told me, you told me yesterday what the spread is for the game, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, SIU opens up as 11-point favorites, and a it's a over-under is 57. So I will tell you my picks right now. I will take SIU minus 11, and I will take the over of 57. It's going to be a high-scoring football game. I agree, and to an extent, high-scoring on our end, we wouldn't – We wouldn't. first game of the year, it's always going to be like all the defenses and whatever, it's first game. But we wouldn't like to see SEMO score a lot, obviously, because um, obviously we mentioned Kansas State looming. You want to be able to have your defense in the right mindset, not giving up a lot of points, and then going into Kansas State. Uh, but yeah, I expect, like I said, I expect fireworks from our offense. I will agree on the minus 11 and I guess the over, yeah, because like I said, I expect a lot of points as well. It's going to be. We, yeah, as we know, the, I know, I believe SEMO averaged about 27.6 points a game last year. So the, they average about 30. I know we are around that mark a lot of the games. So I just feel like, uh, there's going to be, hate to, hate to say it, but there'll be some blunders on both sides of the, both defenses tomorrow night. Fixing some things, don't have to tighten it up. But uh, I think uh, we'll uh, go into the halftime with about a touchdown or more lead, and we'll expand on it in the second half. Yeah, and we talked about the coin flip even, like because we both kind of had separate opinions on. Let's say we won the we won the toss, but we deferred. Um, you said how you would want to receive because you want to set the tone offensively. I'll, I would like to set the tone defensively, but I also know. At every level, teams like to just have the ball in the second half because if you get a stop, you score, things go your way, and then you get the ball out of halftime, obviously. Either way would work. We would like to set the tone offensively as well. It's just it's just one of those that you don't want to, uh, obviously, you know, kick off your defense. Give, like, you give up points on the first drive, and then, you know, your first drive offensively, get a three and out or don't do anything. You give it right back to them. Defense is in the state of mind of just giving up points that they continue a lot of points. The next thing you know, you're down 14, nothing. You don't want that. 
So I would rather, yeah, then in that way, I agree. I, I'd probably, like I said, they like to defer the second half. I'd probably just stick with that and just have your defense go out there and show what they could do right away and have SEMO's offense first time being out there in a game, maybe have some um, blunders per se. So, yeah, I mean, whichever way they go, what we will like. And getting into that before the kickoff, we understand that Big Z, Zevion Fulcron will be the team's lone team captain for the second straight season. He started all games and has, he has started every game the last three seasons at 41 overall and 44 career games. He was a first-team all-conference pick this year, preseason all-Missouri Valley as well. And he's finished his bachelor's degree. He's working on his master's in kinesiology over there. I had classes with him. I had the same degree. Definitely not pursuing the master's, but I have the bachelor's in sports admin. So good luck to him. As we know, this season is a lot of it is for him. So it's cool to see because we talked before about who the captains were going to be, if they were going to be a lot. But Zevion's honestly all we need. So we all we got, we all we need. Absolutely. Uh, you mentioned how big of a game, how you don't want to look past SEMO because you have Kansas State looming. Since it's a big rivalry game, it's been a border war for the past many years. So uh, you want to say we're not looking past Sam to Kansas State, but SEMO's not – SEMO behind us uh, – you don't want to say us, we don't want to start owing to. SEMO has, after us, they go at number one in the nation, same Houston State. Then they turn around and go in state Missouri. First three games of the year, they get those three games. So SEMO had a, has a bigger mindset because who do we play out of Kansas State? Dayton. That's the home. first game at home. Yes. Okay, yeah. So we have some breathing room in that sense. We want to kill bad teams, but, you know, you want to have some good competition, which, as we know, we do after the Kansas State game. But, yeah, you're right. SEMO has a good chance of being 0-3 to start the year, which would sink their chances almost to an extent. Either, uh, if either team starts winless, they will be pretty much eliminated from playoff conversation. Yeah, I know, and you want to be good inside your conference, which we know the fourth game of the year is when we start our conference play. You want to be good non-con as well. SEMO, they're not ranked, but they know, like, if we kill them, like, it'll be looked at down the road. It's like, yeah, well, first game of the year, you know, there'll be some excuses of some kind for being first game of the year. But if you make a statement, they might give you some leeway. And if you go put up a fight against Kansas State, the resume is all that matters, especially non-con, will be huge in any way. We definitely, like we said, we want to start out 1-0, obviously, and SEMO wants to do the same, both looming big teams afterwards. Yeah, you look back in 2019 when SEMO beat us down there by 44-28, I believe, or something like that. Um, They went on to win the OVC championship. If we win that game, that first game down there, we may not get snubbed out of the playoffs. Exactly. So that's a building. So hopefully we can uh, build on a win here tomorrow night. We are looking – we, we're about uh, – we'd be uh, midway through the first quarter right now probably. So, we cannot wait. We've been excited this whole week. It's been game week for us, as we know. We'll be down there, us and a friend. Uh, so, uh, we are going down there. We're going to go down to the uh, Dogwood Social House before the game, check out the SIU pregame thing. So, that's going to be good for us. We cannot wait. Yeah, we were going to mention Dogwood Social. We will be there. Expect because I know they've been uh, advertising that for a lot of fans to make it there. I'm sure they got really great food, a decent atmosphere, getting ready for the game. It's not too far away from Hawk Stadium. Yeah, we were going to mention that we are going with a buddy. 
Uh, and we mentioned how some apparel we'll be wearing, hopefully tomorrow, if it comes in, which it is coming in that day, we'll be wearing it to keep an eye out for that. Like, yeah, like he said, at the start of it, if you see us, say hi to us. We will be sitting, obviously, somewhere on our side with great seats, with an eye for everything for our, for our post uh, pod on Friday night. Uh, so now, no, let's end here real fast before we wrap it up again, heading into tomorrow, our pre-dog of the game predictions. Like I said, we will do a post as well of who actually win or lost, who was great in the game, and who deserved the post-dog of the game. We know they do this in general, but this is just us. We wanted to mention it and do our own. So, Noah, who who is your pre-dog of the game? Yeah, uh, we're going to do one for – we're going to do an offense, defense, and a special teamer. Or start on the offensive side of the ball. It's easy you could go with the quarterback, but I think uh, they've said they've been hyping this kid up. I'm going to go with Isaiah Hardtrip to make some big plays over the middle, and maybe in the maybe might be special teams as well. I can't disagree with that at all. When as we've talked about, he's going to be a weapon. Uh, yeah, dog in the game can mean a lot of things, but obviously it means obviously your impact in the game, how hard you worked how anything, not just, it could be obviously stats-wise, but it, it can mean a lot more, as we know, being the university we are and how, how toughness is a big uh, uh, root of what we do. I can't disagree with Isaiah. I'm going to go with, in the running back, I will go with Justin Strong because he's he has the RB1 to his name, and he could be used. He's, he's arguably the best receiving back we have because, they like I said, in that interview, they mentioned stats that he led the team in a lot, especially at the running back position last year. I think he'll be everywhere. I think he'll be uh, – you can't discount – I was going to mention Romir maybe blocking. I, I could see Justin blocking a lot. Like a lot of these guys making plays in order to be the dog of the game. I'm going to go with Justin on that, and I'll start for defense. I went with the veteran and the guy that a lot of people also wouldn't expect – or would expect, but Quay Brown. I think he'll have – He'll, be, he'll have so much adrenaline knowing this is his last year and that he knows he wants to get to the next level. He's going to try so hard to make plays. It could be the downfall of him in this game. And, you know, in general, obviously we know he's like the force fumbles and not legit tackle people. Hopefully that changes. But I hope he comes out knocking heads and being the player we know he can. Obviously legally knocking heads and making almost every tackle that's in his vicinity, just doing everything, lining up, doing everything he was supposed to. Like I said, it might be hard being the first game of the year, but I'm going to go with Quay for the defensive pre-dog of the game. Noah, yours? Mine is uh, he is one sack away from the he's to tie the record. I believe he'll have two tomorrow night to break it. Anthony Knighton will be my defensive dog of the game. We talked about Anthony, uh, yeah, that he officially now is one sack away. He had a good season last year. You know, it didn't seem like he did. It seemed like we didn't hear his name a whole lot. Battle injuries, I believe. He battled some injuries, but he still put up pretty good numbers. And I can definitely see that. Him knowing also it's his last season, he wants to get to the next level. He's got something to prove. I can definitely see that as well. Him and Jordan, because we saw Jordan the other night at FanFest, and he is huge. And he'll build off his great season as well. I like your pick. Anthony is going for gold this year. We know he will break the record at some point this year. Two in the first game is not crazy at all. Yeah, uh, special teams, uh, old reliable I'm going with here. Nico Galdoni is going to be big for us tomorrow night. I can't disagree. And uh, I will go with Jack because I think we will punt a little bit. We don't expect to. I can see it being the first game. You know, some things won't go our way. I think we will punt. I think it's Jack 
pre-dog at the game, special teams in order to get us, get the other team, uh, you know, great field position for us, bad for them, pin them, pin them down, everything. We, we Stuff that we know he is and can do and why he's picked for on the watch list for punter of the year. So it's hard. To, you don't have many options this. You could go over Turner of some kind, but we'll stick with the, yeah, the old reliable guys. So like we said, those are our picks, and we will discuss who actually was the dog of the game in our eyes on both and offense, defense, and special teams after the game. We'll talk about so much. Nick's words, what we saw, obviously, what we saw on the field, on the sidelines, who played, who didn't. Little some surprises that we have. There's going to be so much going on, so much to talk about on Friday. We talked about, again, how excited we are. We are, yeah, like you said, we would be probably ending the first quarter right now. It's just, we, we love going to that stadium, as we talked about. Decent atmosphere this whole time or every year that we go there. Um, and, you know, with COVID and everything, but, you know, that doesn't really stop games. They're still going to they're gonna try to sell out as much as they can. You know, it's outside and everything. And you can't stop fan bases to an extent. We'll be seeing a lot of maroon, hopefully. We know the Dog Pound Twitter account has been getting it out for students to get their tickets. I think they said recently they only had like two left, so they've been selling them. Students will show up because we know we tweeted at them saying how important the student section is this year, how bad the attendance is for them has been the last couple of years, that if people can tell them how good this team should be this year, that they should make games, not just go tailgating and go home, to actually go to the games, pack out stadiums home and home and away. So it's good that, I mean, we, we've seen the dog pound before and how crazy they can get, and we're kind of expecting the same people that we've seen over the years tomorrow. So like we said, go check out Dogwood Social. It's near Hawk Stadium. We will be there at whatever time before to eat and just see the atmosphere beforehand. It's a big game. First game of the year, as we know, big rivalry game. We want to keep the wheel here. We're expecting to. We mentioned fireworks offensively. Defense hopefully set the tone. If we win the toss and defer, they could do the same. We need to go click. Like I said, it's maybe hard to click. First game of the year, we expect to click on all cylinders with these new guys. Hopefully these new guys set tones. And like we said, the two deeps, we, we expect the three and four deeps. If it's there, barring injury, everybody stays healthy. That everybody who comes in the game on in any aspect of the game and all three facets do their job. Absolutely. They're going to come out prepared, mentally prepared, physically. They're going to come out. And uh, they're going to beat the Southeast Missouri Red Hawks. 45-27 is my score prediction. Do you have one off the top of your head, or did you have one in mind? I didn't, but off the top of my head, I'm going to go with, I will say, let's see here, 35 SIU. Hmm, let's see. 13, Simo. 35-13, to 13, wow. I think. Simo will score one touchdown kick two field goals, and we score 35 points. Like I said, I knowing our offense last year, it only got better. If you're expecting maybe some rust first game, you could. I was going to go like your score in the 40s potentially, but I'd keep it because I, I try to keep it low for them, for their side. But, yeah, us a little bit more definitely. I'm expecting 30 or more points again this year per game, maybe more than that. Uh, so, yeah, again – so excited. We hope everybody else is too. Uh, me and Noah have the same job. I will be working. He will not. So we will just overall be ready to go whenever the time comes to go to get there at a decent time. Um, 
go eat and then go to the game, get our right seats, get ready to watch those new helmets on these players run out of that tunnel led by Nick Hill and the the confidence we know this whole team will have. It is time. No, we it's only been our season ended three months ago. We're already here back again with the arguably the highest expectations SLU football has ever had uh, coming off the season that we did and the aspirations we have. Like we said, title or bust almost it seems like with the talent on this team. We're expecting Bryson Strong back middle of the season. Jacob Garrett probably won't see him. Those are really the two uh, important guys that we won't have for most of the season that would help. But we know we have good guys to replace him. We went out and and the transfer portal and got guys in case this were to happen. Um, it's just unbelievable. Final words. Yeah, uh, so excited. Cannot wait till. Tomorrow night, like I said, we will be at the Dogwood Social House. So if you guys are there, we'll see everybody there. Uh, come out and su- take the trip down. If you're coming down from 51 or you're coming down the interstate to cut through Anna, go ahead and come down. Support your dogs. This team, they are hungry. Like Coach Hill said, they are hungrier than more than ever. This team's ready to go. Defense has been talking about shutting out teams. So uh, it's – the excitement, I just can't put it in words how excited I am. I'm ready for this season to kick off. Yeah, everything is there for us to be a solid team this year. Yes, Cape Girardeau is not far away. Make the trip. Make the short trip. Show out. Have They feel like they'll have a home field advantage. It'll seem like we'll have a home field advantage. That's our expectations. That's what we want in the first game of the year. We said we'll also be making the Kansas State game. We will cover that also, obviously, down the road. We mentioned how this is on a Thursday that we'll have an extra day or two of rest or travel to prepare for Kansas State because they play at AT&T Stadium against who? Uh, Stanford. Stanford. We'll be tuned into that Saturday. To get an eye on Kansas State for our next opponent. But like we said, all eyes on SEMO. Can't wait. We will see everybody there, Dogwood before, stadium afterwards. Keep an eye out for us. Cannot wait. Uh, big expectations. We're expecting to get off to the right foot this year. So for Nick Malone, no alerts. This is the preview show on the Dogs Football Podcast. We will see you Friday. Go Dogs!